makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power and power. How Ambeto Ashtelo Chante Washte na page Yuzapielo Le Unkipiki He Washtelo. Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart, and it's good for all of us to be here. And this is First Voices Radio. I send you greetings and strength from the east gate of Turtle Island where the sun and the water touched earth at once. I'm Teokasen Ghost Horse, and this is an all native hosted, all native produced First Voices Radio now in its 29th year. Of broadcasting, and Liz Hill is the producer of First Voices Radio. You can now hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Buzzsprout, Spotify, as well as First Voices Indigenous Radio.org for our archives. And you can hear us internationally on Savizar Contemporary in Berlin and Potsdam, Germany. And uh, our first guest today, we will be talking with Konkanko and Co who are from the country of Cameroon, where violence broke out in 2017 following a government crackdown on peaceful protests by Anglophone lawyers and teachers who complained of being marginalized by the French-speaking majority. And the fighting has since caused thousands of deaths and forced hundreds to flee their homes. And we'll be talking with Kankanko and Co. in a, in a second or so but most people don't know where Cameroon is. It is actually on the western coast, underneath, I would say, the the knee, the elbow of uh, Africa. And most people understand that it is Cameroon, but is another name for it in that area of Ambazonia. So we want to go there. And I spent some time with Konkanko and um, Co. A few years ago, when I was able to fly, and this is their, their interview that I recently 
um, was able to to uh, y- you know record. In in recording this, um, you'll find a lot of insight into what they are talking about, and uh, we're going to go to them um, right now to delay any interview or to delay any 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 more. Is uh, we are giving them now the voice here on First Voices Radio, Kankanko and Co, who are. Let me introduce the elder Konkanko, who has more for, more than 40 years of diverse and global experience across social entrepreneurship, development, and sectors in Africa and in Europe. His career spans senior leadership in entrepreneurial roles in social transformation and uh, environmental management, sustainable development consulting, and consulting. And since 1996, when Konkanko registered Better World Cameroon, or BWC, he has been leading a green revolution and youth development concept based concept based on systems thinking, an innovative method of resolving the complex cultural challenges pushing thousands of youth to migrate out of Africa with speed, sustainability, and at scale. Kankanko was evicted from his country in 2018 by the Civil War and lives today in Portugal where he mentors and coaches a diverse group of young changemakers developing new social platforms in the domains of education, social inclusion, healthcare, civil society governance, and, and livelihood. And I would also like to invite a next uh, guest as Ko, who is a journalist and communications manager for Better World Cameroon. Co has worked in print and broadcast media in Cameroon, but is now involved in freelance and digital media journalism and activism since moving to Portugal in 2019 due to the severe crackdown on journalists reporting the atrocities happening in southern Cameroons. And uh, Co has been with Better World for more than nine years and actually acts as, acts as a regenerative education and entrepreneurship through that center the better world with better world and uh this is co is also the co-founder of two small startup companies in Cameroon in Jangi and K and K Media and Malcolm is passionate about storytelling and art technology and so now we're going to go to this interview with Kankanko and Co I want to begin this interview Kankanko who has more more than 40 years of, of diverse and global experience across social entrepreneurship, development sectors in Africa and in Europe. And Ko also is a journalist and communications manager for the Better World in Cameroon. And this side of the world, in a Western world, what I like to call Occidental, they don't know where Cameroon is. They think it's in Africa somewhere. They don't hear much news except that maybe it, it, there's some mining going on and different things otherwise and a little bit of exploitation and it's colonized. And that's about the extent most of America knows, maybe even Europe. So if you would give me a little background, Konkanko, that would be excellent so so the listeners can really know where to, you know, get into this. And by the way, listeners, you want to go to Better World hyphen Cameroon.com to really understand what's going on behind even this interview, because we're going to make it clear for folks that there's a part of the world that's being neglected. So I'd like to start with you, Konkanko. Thank you, Thiokasin. I think there is something that connects native people. I look at you as a native man from America, 
and I'm a native indigenous man from Bafut. Uh, Bafut indigenous people were one of the first to come in contact with the white people and make friends. Uh, but so long, uh, this has been neglected and forgotten. So Bafut remains that heritage that any English person will remember if they read Bafut Beagles by Gerald Durrell, who was an English writer who settled in Bafut and created the first uh, zoo in West Africa in my home village. Uh, also, is this place where you still find the oldest grass house in West Africa, um, so many hundreds of years. And uh, it's been uh, called many, also, so often the UNESCO World Heritage Site. But of course, being where it is, and uh, probably the reason why we are having this interview, because this is a, a forgotten Cinderella for the Western world, which has been kept under the carpet uh, because of its resources. Um, those who remember the UN Secretary General who was brought down in Africa in the Congo forest, uh, we are part of that long of the world, which is the Congo Basin. Uh, so Cameroon is called uh, Africa in miniature uh, for many reasons. It is in the heart of Africa, which means you take the map, you put it, balance it on the tip of your hand, and that's exactly where you'll find balance. So being in the heart of Africa, you can know what is in the heart. When we talk about taking something to heart, or we have somebody in heart, um, this is where you can summarize. I call it a love economy because this uh, part of the world didn't know uh, anything about uh, scarcity. It didn't know many people in my country did not know about money. They didn't know about exploitation. And they didn't know about supremacy or about one race taking another into slavery. So this is important because the heritage that I talk about was also discovered by the white man, of course, that this part of the world was one of the richest after the, uh, well, the Congo. So after the Congo Democratic Republic, which many people know, it's Ambazonia. This part of, which is wrongly today called Cameroon, it used to be the British Southern Cameroon. But when the Germans were defeated, you can also know why the Germans settled there, because of the richness of the heart of Africa. The English and the French had a combined battalion that defeated the Germans. So during the Berlin Conference, uh, they decided to create this part a UN trust territory, well, to hand over to the new um, 
I don't know, the policeman of business, Western business, to make sure that this business, uh, the UN has takes in it. So this is a reason why many people cannot see, unless we tell our story, the few who know about Cameroon may know because of football, because we went, when they had uh, the only country that went furthest with Roger Miller in the, in the World Cup. So this is how somehow that part of the world came to recognition. But it had remained a boiling pot because of the political maneuvers, the thuggery, the maiming of the people, and the stealing of their identity. I call it stealing because once you take away the culture of the people, they are like a root with no trees, with no root, the tree without roots. And that's why we have become weakened and we, we, we don't even know ourselves anymore. We are called by other people's names. We sing other people's anthems and salute their flags. And so we, we don't accept to be a forgotten people. This culture is so strong that the world cannot pass it by. It cannot be left on the sidelines. So this is the time when um, I think it's, it's, it's okay to ask for help. Like we need your help to talk to the world. We need the help of people who believe that the 21st century is the time when, I don't know what we call democracy, um, not from your own terms, but from the, what, comes out of COVID and what comes out of the sustainable development goals. I hear a lot of people talk about partnership. I don't know what it means. Is it another term for supremacy, north-south dictatorship? Or it's really that people from the grassroots can also tell their own stories. So I just thought I should go around the world and see how far we have come from being a people to becoming colonized again, because this is a situation of black, colonizing black for the interest of the white people who put these dictators and call them our leaders we don't recognize them as our leaders because they are not part of us. They are not working for us. And so I would leave that part for Ko, who has been a journalist and lived through uh, capitalism. I can't talk the history because I was born before colonization. I lived through colonization. And I am clinging to the dreams of seeing uh, my emancipation and our people's emancipation back in a free world. Good morning, Ko. Um, your Konganko mentioned 
and maybe he didn't mention about the eviction from the country in 2018 because of a civil war and living today where you are is, you know, that we need to understand, Kankanko uh, talked about the balance and the trust, the UN trust, but that doesn't really seem like it's enough to bring the word out, the message out of what's happening in Amazonia, basically. And uh, talking, you know, reminds a lot of people who have been colonized around the world. Kankanko uh, was not colonized and he saw it happening and now it's here. And you as the newer generation, Co, um, being in communications yourself and being a journalist yourself and working for that better world in Cameroon, which, which we call now, um, what, what has changed for you growing up in that, um, I, as you say, a severe crackdown of journalists as you have come through in, in living in Portugal now? And um, you're part of that crackdown as well as Concanco was evicted from the country he was born in. Tell us a little bit about that and then going on now in, in Cameroon. Um, okay, thank you, Jokasin. Uh, and I would just start by saying that um, I'm one of the people that has seen um, the, the real atrocities that are happening in the, the country that is called Cameroon. And Konkanko said earlier that this is um, a part of the world that is really, really misunderstood because the history is very complex with uh, several um, countries being part of its um, colonial history. And, and this led to the, 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 the problem that we have now. And I would like that people understand the roots of this problem. This, what's going on in Cameroon, in the mainstream um, media, in the, in the public eye, it's seen as um, two sides of the country fighting each other. Um, English-speaking Cameroons or Southern Cameroons or, or Amazonia, as this part of the, uh, is known, is said to be fighting against the government of Cameroon, French Cameroon. And this is the narrative that often is played out in, in international um, spheres where they talk about African people fighting each other over um, tribal lines and, and, and they don't understand or they don't um, accept each other. But this is really not what's happening. There is a, a, a deeper underlying cause, which is colonialism. The people of Cameroon were, were never, they didn't know French or English as, as their languages. We have our own languages. We have our own culture. And all this was forced on us now living with these differences that have been artificially created, we find ourselves in a position where we are fighting for our identity and uh, we have to face um, a military force that is um, backed by the French government that has a lot of interest in the resources of Amazonia. And so the people of that region are fighting for their sovereignty, for their um, um, autonomy, and the, and the people um, who are running the corporations and who want to, to 
continue the colonization of the people and, and the territory will not allow peace to exist. And this is what the problem is about. And living there as a journalist and trying to tell this story, um, I cannot count how many times I was thrown in jail, um, picked up off the street, uh, just going to, to my workplace and, and put in prison. And, and many, many, many of my colleagues are still in, in many jails. And, and there are many people who have disappeared. There are hundreds of people who have been displaced, living in uh, neighboring Nigeria. The most neglected um, um, conflict in the world, as was stated by the um, Norwegian Refugee Council, and I, I think that this needs to be to be told, and 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 we need uh, uh, support to get out of this situation because if we do not have support, uh, the, the narrative is going to continue where okay, a bunch of African people are fighting each other, and then the world just goes on with its business. And for me, this is not acceptable. You talked about the narrative and different African people, uh, Amazonia native people are, are at, at each other. But yet, even our own people, because of survival factors, because of all those economic factors that we have to choose sides, you know, is that currently going on in, in Cameroon right now? Um, yes, that is the, the that is one of the things that is going on because the people who are currently running the, the, the territory, the, the country, which exists as two separate entities, I have to uh, stress that, um, are basically working for foreign um, um, interests and not working for the interests of the people. And so they will kill burn, pillage, do whatever is necessary to maintain their, their power, to maintain their um, status as people who are in power, serving the colonial people and getting the benefits from that. But the, at the end of the day, the, the, the power belongs to the people. And, and this will only go on for so long. And it will change at some point. But the fact is that as, 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 as long as this continues to go on, innocent people, innocent children continue to die under the, the, the bullets and the guns of um, a thug militia run by the President Bia. And this, this is not being talked about enough because the world is silent about it um, and only recently is... Um, the U.S. government, uh, the Congress um, spoke about it recently and, 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 and now really starting to, to, want, to want to take action. But it, it, there needs more traction for real um, change to happen on the ground. What do you think, Ko? How would, would aid come through the United Nations? And would that see the, the grassroots people, the tree roots people, basically, rather than going through that administration who will probably paint paint a glossy picture of what's really going on in their narrative. Yes, they've been painting a glossy picture for four years now. And, and for as long as this, this um, the trustees have been uh, going on. But um, we have people on the ground who are really telling the story, who are putting out the images, who are putting out the, the real information of what's happening. And these are the voices that the UN 
and the people who can really intervene and, and make something to happen need to listen. And there are many, many uh, bloggers, many of them living outside of the country, because as a, as a journalist or as someone who gives genuine information of what's going on, you you cannot uh, be in in that in that country because you will be either killed or put in jail or silenced in one way or another. And so, um, and, and that's <laughs> why I am in Portugal living um, outside of the country because if you have an opinion that doesn't favor the narrative of uh, Mr. B and his thugs, then you are automatically targeted. And, and, and so this is what's been going on. And so for the people to be heard, there needs to be more um, spaces for them to express themselves. Like you are giving us the opportunity to talk about these things now. And, and there are so many, many, many people who have um, valuable information about how we can really transform this situation, how we can give the people of Southern Cameroons their autonomy, because that's the question. That's really what it's about. And um, they, are, they have been suffering for over um, 60 years since the so-called colonization ended. And, and we really know that it didn't end because um, we are, are colonized by our own um, um, brothers and sisters on the other side of the, <laughs> the, the gulf that separates us. And, and these people are just the puppets of um, colonial interests like that of France. That whole colonization, as, as we know it here, is, is painted with quote unquote, the benevolent words, equality for all. And as, as Konkanko said, the democracy is actually not what's going on there. It seems to be that's just covering up the severe implications of the exploitation of the land. And Konkanko, would you explain either or co or Konkanko, would you explain the, the types of exploitations that are going on with the land and of course, you mentioned the slavery, you mentioned um, the, the money, and, and it's not about what we're hearing. It's really about these economic gain that other countries like Germany once and now France are having. Um, could you explain what exactly exploitation that for the current torturing that the thrown in prison, like Co-Bench he's he was in prison for, for times over and over, but it seemed like that's not really... Uh, the people aren't the threat. It's it's knowing the truth that seems to be the threat. Yeah, the question here is whether the world of today wants to know the truth because there are so many layers to this. If you didn't live through the Cold War, you wouldn't be able to understand what is happening in Cameroon. Why one country that was trusted to France to give them independence and another one that was given as a UN trust to English to prepare them for independence, one was hidden and the other. So politically, they had to be a black male. So they said the people had tendencies of sympathizing with socialism. So the background to this is that actually, these people, as I described them, were the most civilized and because they, their worldview, because of this system that modernism was bringing, that they wanted to leave, because you know what could be said about this is that the struggle for 
human dignity is very deep. These are people who knew their values and that they didn't want to leave colonization as it was being imposed. So the English had to betray them as having tendencies to socialism, which was not what the new UN body was trying to institute, the capitalism of exploitation. For the reason that the oil, one of the biggest oil wells was discovered in this part. So it was a gentleman's agreement that under the auspices of the UN, both the English and the French exploit the gold, the timber, the bauxite, the aluminum, and you can say the rest. And of of recent, coltan was discovered. So we are victims of our riches. So what has been happening cannot be given as a picture of people who are fighting for independence. This subjugation is a conspiracy of the world against people who are simply seeking for self-determination. The the world agrees that there should be a genocide and nobody talks about it. How can you explain this? That a few years ago, the world stood, stood up and said, never again after Rwanda. And that this, has, this is a worse uh, situation and nobody has talked about it. It's important to bring some of these issues of whether the, the truth, what we, 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 whether the truth matters in the world of the Western mindset, who think it's okay for the Africans not to develop because we need their resources. And I think if we are really uh, in this time of the world uh, trying to bring a system, a new system, this is the time to really question ourselves what we mean by systems change. So you, I will take you back to the reason I started the Better World Cameroon, registered I was a government worker, and realizing that there is no career to be made in February. I realized that the English system had values. This can be explained historically. The French brought Machiavellian style of ruling, killed everything about the people's culture. But the English, through indirect rule from Nigeria, allowed our chiefs, which is why our culture has stayed in stack, in, 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 it's still in, in, intact, whereas the French has been eroded. So this is a time when that system has failed. So when a system fails, it's time for the emancipation of Ambazonia. Co- Konkongo mentioned the system failure in not only in Amazonia, but also around the world. And it's a great relationship to understand that ultimately survival, existence and living falls upon culture. And as a culture, that's what is the base of all of us. And 
And I and to think about genocide and culture, it doesn't make logical sense. And you being involved in your work of, of being a journalist and understanding the genocide, do you think that the world really understands genocide? I'm talking about the Western world because they, they are the perpetrators of most of what's going on around there. You mentioned Germany, England, France, the Europeans, and, and in this country, it's America, right? Or the United States. What relationship would you find to this new systems change in, in the work that you do in getting the message out to people? I would, I would say that the Western mindset um, doesn't really think about genocide when it's, it, it's, um, when it concerns African people and other people that are not white or of the Caucasian um, origin, because historically our lives have been considered lesser. And, and so the capitalist globalist system really doesn't consider our situation as important when um, people are dying, but this is ironical because um, in in all these um, organizations, we talk about equality of of all human beings and fair treatment and human rights and all these things. But then, when it's it's happening in Africa, it's it's really not a concern to them, and it's not that important. And, and it can be left to fester and go on for years and years and years. And then it's just mentioned here and there in passing. Um, but if we're talking about system change, then we need to um, assume our words. If we say that all human beings are equal, then all human beings should be equal. All human beings should have a right to self-determination. All human beings should have a right to, um, to be, express themselves, to say what they really think and, and to live the way that they want to. We have been completely taken out of our um, culture. I, for example, as a young person, only started to re-embody um, my, my, my culture, my identity when I, I, I came out of the, the brainwashing that I had, I had um, gone through in, in school and in, in, in living in, in the communities where I grew up. And, and so I had to um, consciously unlearn these things. And this is the, 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 the task that we as Africans, we as, as young people have to unlearn this um, barbaric uh, knowledge that we have been, uh, um, been imbued with and to re-embody our sacred culture, our sacredness, which is what makes us the, um, the people that we are. And so system change is the new um, paradigm that can make this possible and and so I, I think that it, it is important for, for, for this message to be um, really heard um, by the people concerned, by Cameroonians, by Amazonians, by everybody who wants to end this culture of war, of exploitation, of, of supremacy, and for us to really look each other in the eye and say, what are we, we talking about here? What do we really want to achieve going forward. The world is, is going through a pandemic right now. And um, this is a double crisis for the people in, in, in Cameroon. They are, they are, they are facing a war. They are facing a genocide. 
and they're also expected to survive COVID. So people living in these conditions are terribly, terribly vulnerable. And we, we as, as human beings have to, to, to look to this and say, this is, this is just not right. There's something needs to be done about this. And, and so I believe that going forward, that there needs to be a new conversation about what we mean when we talk about systems change, when we talk about equality, um, 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 a, a shared resources for everyone and, and these sorts of things. That's very, very clear. Um, the message to me, if I was to rephrase it, it would be the mental re- reality as a default for everyone that they brought to your country, to our to our lands here in the Western Hemisphere, that automatically they came here and they assumed that we think like them. The clarity for us is that we don't think like them, but now we're, we're getting colonized. So we default in order to to eat. We, we can't bite the hand that feeds us, so to speak, because they have control of the sources and they call it resources, but we were beginning to call it resources, but it's the source of all of us. But it, it's, um, I think it's a great honor to be with you all, Kankanko and co um, speaking from where you are. I'm sure we need to do another interview um, because times, uh, news, communications change. So let's look forward to that. This is interest to the listeners out here, Canada, United States, and North America generally, and in, and in Germany too. And even even to hear the names of what happened there uh, and their involvement in, in the colonial times. Let's look forward to doing that. Um, I'm not too sure if I, did I leave something out that you wanted to squeeze in there um, earlier? Yeah, I think I can jump in here to say that we, we are now uh, touching the soul of Mother Earth with what we do or we don't do with this system change uh, language. Um, So for us as Africans, we believe in ourselves and we believe that we have something to contribute to system change. This is to add to what Coach said about education, that the West believe they don't need education from us. It's not true. This is exactly what they need in system change. It's called indigenous knowledge. And indigenous knowledge is natural knowledge, which is based on the laws of Mother Earth for survival. So I think that we may be looking at the issues in Africa, but in, in fact, the underlying, the bottom line is the way we treat Mother Earth. And Co. Konkako just really um, summarized um, the rest of my thoughts, but I would just add that there is a new generation um, emerging in Africa. The young people have have come to a place where they know what the truth is and they see through the cracks of this um, world system that has been presented to us as the only way to exist. And they know that there is another way to go and they are taking another um, route. And what is going to happen is that they will assume their their 
their power, their themselves, they, they, they will no longer be subdued. They will no longer be silenced. And Africa will take its rightful place in the world. So it's an honor to know both of you, to speak with you, and we'll do this again soon. So thank you. <laughs> you be well. Thank you. I want to thank Kankanko, who is a social innovation advisor to defend the Sacred Alliance, and Ko, Ko, who is a journalist and communications manager for Better World Cameroon. Almost 210,000 people are newly displaced as a result of the escalating conflict in Central Afri- African Republic uh, since mid-December, and be bringing the total number of displaced to 1.5 million almost a third of the country's total population escalating a conflict in the Central Republic has brought that total number again to 1.5 million. So with that, I want to thank you all for listening to First Voices Radio and Kankanko and Co. A Human Story.
That is Kothbiro, Kenyan singer and musician Oyub Ogada's song, which means the rain is coming here on First Voices Radio. My name is Tiokasan Ghost Horse. Thanks for joining us here all day is my is my perspective. And yes, we still have some time to go here. And I'm just going to give you a montage of uh, music from indigenous peoples across the planet.
All right, Kisakola for our ancestors.
the future Wrap their eyes in blindfolds And still they'll find their way Blind their lives with pills and lies And still they find their vision And soon they'll leave you to your yesterday And they'll sing bye-bye scars of history And bye-bye bankers' trust Aquarius is shining but the sun is Before Buffy St. Marie, that was Matt Kearney with Can't Look Back. And again, Buffy St. Marie with Generation off of her album, Power in the Blood. I'd like to thank you for being here on First Voices Radio. Doksha Ake.